The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, total carbs minus fiber equals net carbs. And oh. those net carbs are the carbs that you need to inject for. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. One, two, one, two, two, one, two. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start the episode. All right, <laughs> hold on. <clears throat> All right, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Insulon Podcast. I am your host, Owen Costello. Hope you're all doing well, and I hope you're all excited to join myself and Graham again to try and redefine diabetes. Graham, what's happening? It's good to have you back. Thank you very much. I feel like I haven't been on here in a long time. And last week... And the week before, you had two guests because you had Amber on last week and you had Chris on the week before. Both completely different episodes, I thought, mm. but incredible in their own right. I loved your analogy of Chris being the Welsh diabetic Ronaldo. <laughs> that was yeah. one of my favorite ones. And I thought Amber's story and the reasoning behind Amber's advocacy was fantastic as well. And I got really emotional and I think that was Excellent to hear as well because she was so passionate about diabetes. So really enjoy those last two episodes. And if you are just jumping into this one, maybe you just have to find in the podcast. Definitely after you finish this episode, go back, listen to those two. And while you're at it, listen to the other uh, 32 as well. <laughs> yeah, we just qu- just quickly catch up on the rest of them. If you wouldn't mind. It, it'll keep you busy. Graham, it was good to have you back, I have to say. I was, it, I was getting slightly lost without you. Ah, uh, You're not lost. You're doing very well. <laughs> doing very very well come here That's tell me better how... when you're not on huh? <laughs> or did, did you not share a message with me a couple of weeks ago someone my type 1 diabetic oh, army my big fan base <laughs> of type 1 diabetics someone said that they missed me on the podcast miss me there you, look you're getting an in with all the diabetics now Graham Shout out. I'm still still waiting for that day that you start to lose weight, you get really thirsty, no appetite, start falling asleep. I want you to get type 1 diabetes. Oh, and I can't stop pissing. <laughs> I get up about two or three no, times you... during the night to piss. 
Does that mean you I've got buy, type you buy BS. You're the other. You're the <laughs> other side. <laughs> I want to be the most popular non-diabetic in the diabetic community. That's my goal for 2021. So this time next year, when we're coming to the end of the year, I want to see big fan base. But listen, less about me. This is the Insulone Podcast. Alone, Costello. Tell me about your week. How was it? Yeah, week was good. Um, Ireland has, as you know, Graham, gone into another six-week lockdown. Yeah. So absolutely delighted by that. <laughs> Gyms are closed fantastic so yeah great week great week how are you uh, finding the gyms being closed are you doing back to home workouts what's going on back to home workouts yeah well i have a friend who who owns kind of like his 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 own studio gym and i stole some equipment from him so i'm not fully bare in terms of equipment i have to use so it's fine have a few weights i'll make the most of it out of my control so no point complaining graham what size dumbbells do you have 37.5 37.5 curling so this, them <laughs> this is an example of the difference between me and Owen Owen has 37.5s while I have 9 <laughs> do you have 9? I've got a pair of 9 yeah ah Graham come on they'll go for the triceps go for the <laughs> triceps sell it sell it tape them together double the weight right let's kick off this week's episode with an email because we do encourage you to send us an email if you've got a question for Owen and that email address is theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com and this week's email comes from Becky Sharp. Becky says, Hi, my son is eight and was diagnosed a year ago. We only very recently discovered the effects of fibre and protein and how it can stop blood sugars from spiking too high, especially at breakfast. I still don't fully understand the process of why it slows down carb absorption and why we should be aiming for it but it is definitely working to keep his blood steady. Can you talk about this in more detail, if possible, please? And is a high protein slash fiber diet something you follow? Thank you. And that is from Becky. Absolutely. Firstly, Becky, thank you for reaching out. I always appreciate people sending the emails and it is a great question. But to answer your question about me personally, I have always adhered to a relatively high carb, high fat slash fiber diet and on the lower end of carbohydrate each day i found that massively beneficial for my blood sugar and it's great to see that your son has too so it's good that you you don't need to fully understand it yet hopefully you'll understand it a lot better after this episode but the fact that you're aware of it now gives you the opportunity to kind of play around with fiber and protein intake to benefit your blood sugar but what i want to do is I want to, I suppose, dedicate this episode purely to fiber. And then I'll do an episode on protein too, because they are quite detailed individually. So I think if I can go into detail about fiber in one and then protein on the other, that'll be some good stuff to listen to. So I think the first thing that always comes to my mind when a question like this is, is posed to me is a quote from Austin first. So Austin is fellow type 1 diabetic. He's from Texas and he was actually on the podcast previously. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, again, (laughs) it's one of the 35. Go back, take a listen. Great guy. He's an expert on diabetes and he really knows his stuff. But what he said to me and something that I had never really, I suppose, articulated it this way to myself, but had always thought of it like that, was he said, when he looks at a plate of food, he doesn't see the food itself. He just sees numbers. It's like a maths oh, equation when he's eating. Yeah. 
He's eating algebra. (laughs) Yeah, digesting the whole thing. (laughs) So that's essentially what I do. When I look at a plate of food, I don't see the food in in a way. I just see the numbers. So if I look at my dinner, I'll see, okay, hmm, 40 grams of protein, 30 grams of carbs, 15 grams fat, 5 grams fiber, whatever it is. And it's just a combination of all these different things that I need to constantly consider before I put one one piece of food in my mouth. And it's like, I suppose the best way to do it is when you when you look at a plate of food and you treat it as if it's a maths equation, because that's basically what it is. And it reminds me, Graham, I'm sure you remember this too. When we were in school, we would get a maths equation and we'd have to get an answer from that equation. Mm-hmm. But with other equations, sometimes you were given the answer and then a minimal amount of information in the equation. So the question you are asked is basically, what is the equation that equals to the answer? Yeah. Right. So that's a good analogy for when a diabetic is eating food, because we know the answer is stable blood sugar, but we need to work out the equation to how we get that answer. Ah, okay, yeah, I get you. So the equation that we need to work out is how the various parts of food on our plate will combine, multiply, add, subtract, protein, fiber, carbohydrate, fat, whatever it is, multiplied by minus or add insulin dose, carb to insulin ratio, time of meal, time of insulin, exercise around meal it's all it's all these different things that we need to take into account but essentially that's what it is a plate of food is an equation at the end of it you want your answer to be stable blood sugars so you need to work out based off previous experience and your own diabetes your own response to food and activity and insulin what that equation is if you want to listen back to austin first just check there it is episode number 11 if you want to go back and when you were looking at my toasted ham and cheese sandwich that I was having while we started video calling each other, were you doing the maths equation? And <laughs> I was just seeing you putting, I was just seeing you putting numbers into your mouth. <laughs> Seven, four, three, two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's move on and let's talk about fiber. What exactly is fiber? So fiber is a plant-based nutrient. It's a type of carbohydrate, but it doesn't get broken down by our body and used in the system of our body, let's say. And because of that, it's not added to the overall consumption of calories. So when we eat fiber, essentially it just goes through our body and is used rather than stored in calories. Like you don't gain calories from fiber and then have to burn them off. Okay. It, just, it doesn't get broken down that way. So even though it doesn't get broken down in our system, it's still an essential part of our diet. So you have to get fiber. It's very important that you do. So there's two types of fiber. There's soluble fiber, which dissolves in water, becomes kind of like a a gel substance as it passes through your body. Good sources of soluble fiber would be barley, oats, beans, figs. Big on figs. Do you eat them, Graham? I've never had a fig. Really nice. Well, I've had a fig roll. <laughs> yeah, basically the same thing. <laughs> just eat loads of them, you'll be What grand. would you have a fig with? I just eat them 
just by themselves. You can get like dr- dried figs. Oh, they're unreal. Are they like raisins? No, they're kind of like they're much bigger. Kind of like a prune. Okay. Not not really. No, it's not really like a prune. I don't know how to describe it, but it's nice. Get them. Okay. They're nice. So anyway, <laughs> without you interrupting me, soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. And insoluble fiber doesn't dissolve in water. It keeps its form when it passes through your body. And good sources of insoluble fiber would be cereals, whole wheat bread, lentils, apples, avocados, strawberries. I've had strawberries before. Do you know what strawberries are? <laughs> <laughs> so why why is it important? Why is fiber important? Talk to me. So, <laughs> so fiber is important because it's a satiety food, which basically means that it keeps you fuller for longer. So if you're eating high protein, protein is a satiety food too. So if you're eating high protein, high fiber, you're feeling more full, but you might be eating less food. So... It can work well for people who maybe want to lose some body fat or they're watching their weight or whatever it is. Filling your diet with a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables is going to play a big role in that. So because of that, it's going to result in you eating less high calorie foods, which in turn will be beneficial for, which I said, weight management and also blood sugar management. Okay. So if you're eating less high calorie kind of crappy foods, inevitably your blood sugar isn't going to see the same sort of negative effects Mm. as it would if you're eating burgers and crisps and all that stuff each day. It's also good for your large intestine. So when fiber reaches our large intestine, it's broken down by millions and millions of little bacteria. When it's broken down, that produces short chain fatty acids from the fiber. So these acids that are basically a byproduct of the broken down fiber are a source of energy for the cells in our large intestine. So when we have more of the energy for the cells in our large intestine, that results in better, more efficient digestion. So you'd know about efficient digestion, Brent, <laughs> wouldn't you? I need a lot of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, and why we're talking about it in this episode, is fiber helps keep blood sugar levels in check. All right. How does it do that? So when fiber reaches our stomach, it dissolves and, well, essentially it dissolves or breaks down slightly into that kind of gel-like substance that I was talking about. So when we eat food and it goes into our stomach with that fiber, the fiber will become this sort of gel and it's almost as if it kind of wraps around the food that we eat. When that gets into our large intestine, where the food is released into our bloodstream, the fiber that is around the food basically takes longer to dissolve and break down, resulting in a delay or a slower rate of digestion of that glucose into our bloodstream. Okay. So it's like if you picture the food that you eat, a big disgusting ball of chewed food that's (laughs) gone through your stomach and is now in your large intestine, picture that as if fiber is wrapped around it like armor. Right. Right. So when, when that armor is kind of dissolving and breaking down in your large intestine, that food is then dissolved at a much slower mm. rate. That basically prevents rapid and unnecessary spikes in blood sugar. And is there a, a perfect amount of fiber we should be trying to get into our diet every day? There isn't a perfect amount, but they say that ideally men should get around 35 to 38 grams of fiber per day and women should get 20 to 25. That's what they say. It depends. Like, 
I'd be eating a lot more than 38. I'd probably be eating closer to 40, 50 because I eat so much fruit and vegetables. Mm. And that inevitably is going to play a big role in my blood sugar management. But there was actually a study it was from the New England Journal of Medicine. They basically concluded that diabetics who eat larger amount of fibers each day have much more success in keeping blood sugar steady compared to diabetics who eat little to no fiber. Okay. So it does play a massive, massive part in health. It, it's almost like it helps naturally regulate blood sugar. Yeah. And you say you have over 40 grams of fiber per day. What are good sources of fiber, as in what are the ones would you eat? So as I said, I eat a lot of fruit and veg. I eat, I eat, yeah, I eat massive amounts of fruit. So fruit, vegetables, whole grain bread, pastas, oats is a really good one. There's a lot of fiber in oats. Like and porridge oats. Porridge oats, yeah, yeah. I have porridge oats pretty much every morning with a couple of scoops of protein. So the two of them together are a good combination in the mornings too. Nuts, seeds. I eat a lot of almonds, a lot of walnuts, chia seeds, all that kind of thing. So they're good for it too. We were talking about its links to diabetes and how it helps keep the blood sugar levels in check and the armor. But how else is it good for diabetes? That is fiber, of course. Yeah, so it's very... Fiber in itself is very, very good for diabetes. So people would often say to me, does fiber cancel out carbs? No, it doesn't cancel out carbs, but it reduces the effect that carbs have on your blood sugar. Okay. So it's it's reducing that, as I said, that kind of rapid spike and unnecessary spike in blood sugar. Well, unnecessary to an extent. So a lot of foods that we eat, they can kind of be monitored on the glycemic index. So the glycemic index is, and we've spoken about this before, Graham, haven't we? Just refresh the old memory there, Owen, please. <laughs> you aren't listening. You aren't listening. So a glycemic index basically determines how fast a certain food will spike your blood sugar. And then glycemic load is the number that estimates how much food will raise a person's blood sugar level or how much that blood sugar will raise as a result of that food. So when it comes to carb counting, and this is a big one, yeah, you need to always incorporate fiber into carb counting. So I actually brought up a box of Weedabix to talk me through, to talk you through this yes. one, right? Show and tell. Oh, I've got crumbs all over my laptop now. So when obviously when you're diabetic, you need to carb count because you need to determine what your insulin to carb ratios are. You need to take enough insulin per carb while you eat. That's how we keep blood sugar steady. All right. So when you're looking at the back of a food label. Box. Yeah. Back of yeah. yeah. Packaging, packaging. Label. Packaging. packaging. Whatever. It's going to say carbs and it's going to say fiber. Right. So because fiber, as I said, doesn't add to our overall calorie intake and we, we essentially don't need insulin for fiber. It's the fiber that we need to take away from our carbohydrate. Right. So, for example, look at this. Weedabix, per serving, two biscuits, 26. I love how it says per serving, two biscuits, and I'd have like 15. They always under undercut it, don't they? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. with Cocoa Pops. I see on the front of Cocoa Pops, they have like uh, 12 bowls. I go, I'll probably do it in three. 12 bowls? I'd, mm. put, I'd pour milk into the box. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, so go on. I want to do the maths here because I'm, I'm really interested in how you do the calculation okay. here. So per serving, two biscuits, carbohydrate, 26 grams, all right? Yeah. Fiber per serving, 3.8. Yeah. 
So to work that out, you minus the 3.8 from the 26, and that's your net carbs. So that's the net carbs that you need to take insulin for. 22.2. Yeah. So based off someone's insulin to carb ratio, a good starting point is always one unit of insulin per 10 grams carbs. So for a lot of people, two units, and if you have a half unit pen, maybe 2.5 units would do you for that serving. Okay. A good analogy for carb counting and calculating net carbs is to look at it as if it's money, right? So if your gross carbs are the total carbs that you see on the back of a box, that's like gross profit. Gross profit minus expenses equals net profit. Net profit is what you take home, what you can go spend and piss away on the weekend, whatever you want to do, all right? Total carbs minus fiber equals net carbs. And oh. those net carbs are the carbs that you need to inject for. Right. Gotcha. So so in essence, it doesn't cancel out carbs, but you minus it from the carbs. That's what you do. Basically, yeah. Okay, perfect. And also the higher fiber content in the food that you're eating, it's very likely that that's going to play a role in the rate of digestion of the carbohydrate into your bloodstream and hopefully helping keep things more steady not seeing a massive spike not seeing you know your blood sugar just skyrocket and have to eat it it's more gradual gradual now, gradual oh i'm hearing a lot of good things about fiber but can you eat too much of it you tell me grain yes <laughs> <laughs> i can <laughs> it's yeah, like i'm on a hundred i'm a hundred percent fiber diet it seems like i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you like you can too much of anything is never going to be ideal. So you should always eat things in moderation. Yeah. Now, high fiber, th- obviously from my own experience too, eating high fiber has been very beneficial for my blood sugar, and, and I will keep it that way. But if you eat too much, it can be slightly problematic. So as I said, we can't digest fiber, and if we eat too much too quickly, the bacteria in our large intestine will break it down, right? And if it's breaking down a lot, a lot, a lot, that can produce excess amounts of gas, i.e. farts. Yep. <laughs> which can lead Thanks to for bloating. the i.e. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, that means fart. lead to bloating and potentially those really uncomfortable kind of stomach cramps, you know, that you get the odd time. Yeah. Again, if you eat excess amounts of fiber, it can lead to deficiencies in calcium and magnesium. But you need to be eating like a lot of that and not mm. drinking any water. <clears throat> so if you eat too much insoluble fiber, it can accelerate bowel movements. You can reduce the absorption of excess water, resulting in Graham. IBS. My man. <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> yeah. Too much soluble fiber without drinking enough fluids to counteract it can slow down your digestive process leading to hard stools I've or shite, as I like to say, <laughs> or constipation too. I don't know what's worse. They're both horrendous. You had to pick one, what would it be? I'd say IBS, no word of a lie. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay, I, I know we're going completely off the topic here, but I'll tell you a story. So I get really, on holidays, I, my stomach gets really bad whenever I go out of, out of my normal routine. And I remember I was in Iceland 
and we were on a load of tours and I was so worried because we were on these buses and we'd be going for hours and I was so worried I'd get caught short on the bus. I took loads of um, medication to kind of stop me from shitting. <laughs> but I took too much and I couldn't go for about three days. And oh it was God. the worst feeling ever because you're just sitting there and you're like, you need to go, but you can't. Now, that was all self-inflicted through medication. That wasn't through diarrhea. That. that was just out of fear. Do you know what that's kind of like? Hypo-anxiety. I had such anxiety. <laughs> IBS <laughs> anxiety. I had IBS anxiety. <laughs> There you go. But look, look, That's tune in next week where I'm doing my uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes, podcast. Sorry, I just hijacked that one there. I thought I'd share No, I enjoyed that. I'm sure the people at home enjoyed it too. Um, anyway, Becky, I hope that answers your question to some extent. I'll be touching on protein in, in its own episode again, like I said earlier. But be aware of how influential fiber can be to your blood sugar management because it does play a massive role in it. If you're eating a lot of veg, a lot of fruits, I know fruits can spike your blood sugar, but a lot of beans, chickpeas, lentils, all those kind of plant-based good foods that we all know are good for us. They're very, very high in fiber and they will naturally help regulate blood sugar. They will naturally slow down the digestion and release of glucose into your bloodstream. Now, of course, it's not like your your diabetes is going to be cured because Mm. it can't be cured, but I want people to understand how much of a drastic change you can see in your blood sugar based off the foods that you eat. And it can be simple shifts like just drinking more water, eating more fruit and vegetables, eating more high fiber, high protein foods. It just it really, really, really helps. This has been really interesting because, to be honest, you hear a lot about proteins, fats and carbohydrates in every walk of life, not just in diabetes. But I haven't really heard too much about fibre bar. You need to get your fibre for your digestive system. But Mm. it's been really interesting. So 38 grams of fibre per day for a man, 25 grams of fibre per day for a woman. Stick around that. roughly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick around that and you should be all right. Becky, thank you so much for that email. We hope that helps. And of course, as Owen said, we will do an episode on protein very soon. And if you have any questions for Owen, or maybe you heard an episode and you want to ask him a question based on something he said, it doesn't have to be a full episode itself. It can be something really small. And give us an email, theinsulownpodcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in the bio of the description of this episode so you can see it. You can just copy and paste it and put it in your email account. Owen, anything else you want to say? If you have not yet downloaded my AAA guide, definitely download it. It's completely free. It's my three A's of diabetes management, which I've spoken about before, which are awareness, anticipation, and action. You can download it for free directly through the link on my Instagram page at Insulone. Nice, free, downloadable PDF. I explain in detail how you can implement the three A's into any day with type 1 diabetes and how they will massively, massively benefit your overall management. So if you haven't downloaded it, do it. It's free. Enjoy. It's free. Graham, have you downloaded it? I have. Mm. It's my wallpaper on my laptop <laughs> yeah. a screenshot and I put it up you printed it out and put it on your wall <laughs> and again we love seeing you share the podcast give it a share on your Instagram or on Twitter at 
Insel Owen, let him know and let us know where you're listening to it. I also enjoy looking on Owen's stories and seeing, oh, I'm out for a walk or I'm in the gym or I'm out for a run. I'm listening. It's always interesting to see where people listen to us chat about diabetes. Thank you again. And Owen, yeah, thanks very much for giving us a little bit of knowledge about fibre. Absolutely, Graham. Always a pleasure and it's good to have you back. Chat to you soon. Bye. Chat to you soon, everybody. Have a good week. Peace.